And welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and excited to be back on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. It is show number 90. Welcome to the program, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in live. We're live on Facebook. We are going on Disrupt Ed TV. We're going on Voice Ed Radio Canada. We're going to iTunes. We're going to Arkansas today. I'm so excited about that. I've never been, so this will be my first trip to Arkansas. And uh, really excited about the program today. Really excited about the time of year. And uh, just pumped to be with you here, again, live on Facebook uh, and on all these avenues. And thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to meet our guest here in a moment. Rebecca Coda is today's guest. And she's doing a lot of things in education. We have a lot to talk about. She is an author. She is a mom. She is a school district leader. Uh, she is a co-founder of Pushing Boundaries, a, a consultant company uh, that's doing amazing things in education, uh, along with my bro Tato Chip, Rick Jetter. Uh, so I'm really excited to talk to Rebecca about her journey and the work that she's doing, not only in her personal life, um, but also in her professional career. So I want to thank today's sponsor, and that is Rocketbook. If you've watched the show before, here's my Rocketbook. I'm going to take my notes. This is a reusable notebook. Uh, I have been using this in my personal life here, as well as my professional life as a principal. Uh, I'm going to write my notes here on this page here from our, our, uh, our talk today. Quotes that Rebecca says, things that Rebecca says that resonate with me. And then I'm going to uh, designate it to my Google Drive, and then I'm going to save it. So I have it and uh, it, I could send it to an email. I could send it to Rebecca, uh, but it keeps a digital record. And if you write neat, which I don't, guilty, uh, it will write it out in an email for you as well. So I do want to thank Rocketbook. If you're interested, check out their website, rocketbook.com. And you punch in the code Murata20, it will give you a 20% discount. Um, and I thank them for their relationship with me and the work they're doing getting into the field of education. That being said, let's get started. Uh, we're going to meet Rebecca in a moment. And again, this is one of two of Rebecca books. I have Dunk Tank. I don't know what I did with it. But this is Rebecca's latest book here, Let Them Speak. And this book really, it, it was like a, a punch in the face. It was like a, I don't know, just it, it really resonated with me in terms of bringing the kids into the conversation, bringing the kids into the work that we are doing in schools. Uh, think about your day. If you're an educator, whether you're a teacher, uh, an administrator, a central administrator, think about the work that you did today. How many decisions you made about kids? How, many, uh, how much work you did that affected kids? It's all of it. It's so much of it. And this is about giving kids a, a seat at the table hearing what they have to say and, and making decisions um, inclusive of them and not just for them or about them. And Rebecca tells so many stories uh, in the book about different situations. She's got kids in here that, that participate in the book. Um, so my challenge to you, if you are watching the show and uh, if you're live, we'd love to hear from you on Facebook. Um, leave us a question, leave us a comment, uh, introduce yourself to Rebecca. She's on Twitter at Rebecca Coda. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at Andrew Murata 21, but we'd love to hear from you today. I challenge you to incorporate some of the things that you're going to hear today in the show regarding students and students' voice, uh, student voice. 
we are on the doorstep of summer break here in the Northeast as well as, uh, you know, in the Midwest. And, you know, how much time are you going to reflect over the summer about things that went on during the year, changes you want to make? Certainly one of the things I'm going to do is get some students involved and, and have more students at the table and get more student uh, opinions uh, in terms of whether it's a live conversation, whether it's in the interview process, whether it's a Google form, a Google survey, something like that. But they will, as she writes in the book, they will speak to you. And if you, you know, like she says in the title, if you let them, they're going to tell you, they're going to give you feedback and they're going to give you real feedback. I say this with the utmost compliment and respect towards kids, but you know, you've heard it, right? That kids are like dogs, their senses about love and respect of people. Uh, it's so accurate. It is so on point. Sure, you have a kid that's going to twist something and make something up, and I get that. And that, We're talking about that small percentage of kids. But for the most part, kids are going to tell you how it really is. Um, you know, one of the problems that we're facing in my district, just like many, is about vaping. And we just had some kids at the table uh, at, a, at a community-wide meeting about vaping in my district where – it came out. They said, you have no idea of what goes on with the kids and this vaping and how prevalent it is and how much it's happening. And your focus is on uh, you know, preventing it, getting detectors and punishing and all of that kind of stuff versus doing more education about why we shouldn't. Help us understand why we shouldn't because those dangers aren't front and center for us. And this is coming from kids. And I said, man, that was that was tremendous, and it really opened our eyes to some things regarding that next hurdle we are going to tackle. So that is enough of me talking by myself. I'm excited to talk to Rebecca. Let's bring her into the program. Let me click that. Boom, there she is, live from Arkansas. Hey, Rebecca, Andrew, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, welcome to Education Leadership and Beyond. Absolutely. I'm excited now for you to be on, Rebecca. I'm excited to talk to you about the work you're doing and certainly um, this book about student voice. So before I ask my first question, Rebecca, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? And, you know, I mentioned Arkansas here. And, um, you know, tell us a little bit about where you are right this moment and, and who you are Absolutely. here. Um, I'm in uh, Cabot, Arkansas, so a small suburb of Little Rock. Um, we're a K-12 district, and I support um, K-6 curriculum and instruction. So I kind of get to play a role in a, a lot of different things um, that, that really, truly impact our, our kids. And I know you're not a native of Arkansas. We're going to get into that journey a little bit. How long have you, have you been there, Rebecca? This is my second summer here. So this is the second uh, school year I've been here. And prior to that, I was in uh, near Phoenix, Arizona for about 18 years. So you went from the dry hot to the humid hot. Is I that, did. Getting that right? Yeah. And the humidity is definitely cranking up here. This it's, week. The real, it's the real deal in Arkansas. It is. Okay. Rebecca, let's get started with this book. Um, you know, I had we had a chance to speak off air about I was so impressed with it and, and what it does for kids, what it does for the adults, talking about kids. What was the inspiration or the idea for this book, along with your co-author, uh, my brotato chip? Your brotato chip. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, Dr. Jenner at the time was a superintendent up in Buffalo, New York. And, you know, he just, he routinely visited the schools, especially the kids in their own spaces. So whether it was out at recess or whether, you know, it was in a library or the cafeteria, just, you know, kind of getting that kid fix because the higher you go up, you know, the less contact you have on a daily basis with kids. And, you know, sometimes those, uh, you know, just challenges in education surface and sometimes it's good just to sit down with kids. And so at the time, um, he and I had written Escaping the School Leaders Dunk Tank. And so he started to tell me about um, just sitting on the park bench. He just literally had a bag of skills one day and was talking to kids. And what he discovered is as he asked questions, they had solutions, they had insights, they had um, profound things that, that they were sharing and really started this art form of narrativization, of writing down, you know, word for word things that kids were saying to come back and just read that narrative aloud to uh, a principal group um, or a director group for, you know, just different reformations that probably needed to be considered, different policies that maybe needed to be changed or even just a procedure um, on a campus. And so he kind of collected those over, you know, uh, an amount of time. And I remember I was driving home one day um, from work and we were on the phone, you know, just kind of talking about, you know, our, our current project, where we were headed next, some of those um, things that really um, can change education, not superficially, but truly to the core to make an impact on our nation because there's many challenges that we face. And he's like, you know what? I've been collecting these narratives. It's really, you know, I've seen it make an impact on people. So we really started talking about student voice. We had seen it emerging in conferences on social media. You know, you'd get glimpses and glimmers of it, mm -hmm. but not really know what that totally meant and, and how that um, could make an impact. And so at the time I was at um, a school and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try it. And so I did the same thing. I just started visiting kids in their turf and we call it their turf ecosystem because that's really where they're the most honest. You know, if you ask all kids a question in class or have them write it down and answer, that really wasn't what we were getting at. What we were getting at were just those organic conversations you have with kids or those times where maybe you're just walking down the hall with a kid and they say something so profound. You're like, did that really just come out of the mouth of a kid? Because you know what, you're right. You know what, we should do it differently. Um, so it really was more about um, the authenticity of a lot of times kids have really important things to say and we try to make decisions for them when the answer lies just right in front of us, right in the seats, you know, um, yeah, with, that we teach. And they really have the power to make some really effective decisions that we're making for them and to them without them. Yeah. Um, so we just kind of collected those and really watched that unfold and make an impact. Well, very cool. And we have a number of people watching live. Uh, Carol Downing from Texas is here. And uh, please pop a question in there. Um, we appreciate you tuning in. Um, Rebecca, you tell so many stories in here of instances where the kid's voice and the kid's opinion changed something. And, and one sure. of the ones that jumped out to me was on page 40 here uh, in, in New York uh, with the principal, Doug Patterson, uh, and Jason, the fifth grader, about the exits. Yeah. And the principal making a decision about the exits and 
Tell me about that story in the chapter called Zingers and Stingers. Yeah, and we say zingers and stingers because we have to be prepared to kind of put our egos aside. But sometimes they're simple things like every time he exited, he had to go all the way out the front door, all the way around the school, and then all the way um, out the back door. And just simply, respectfully, one day I had a question like, why can't we just go out that door? And then I wouldn't have to walk all the way around, you know, and a lot of times we have safety procedures or, you know, we need spaces covered um, by, you know, duty people so that we have eyes on kids. So a lot of times there are reasons why we have we make those decisions. And so this dialogue went back and forth between the, the principal um, and student. And at the end of the conversation, you know, he kind of passed the kid off like, oh, we do this because, you know, we, we go out the front. Like, that's how we've always done it. Have a great day. Um, send on our way on or send him on his way. And really, after going back to the office and reflecting, it was kind of like the principal really didn't have a good explanation as to why and really mulled over and reflected on the fact that, you know what, maybe there is a better way. Maybe he is right. I wonder if we could try it differently. And then acted on that. And then they ended up rerouting how they release kids and, you know, where they have adults posted. And it actually ended up working better. And dismissal went um, more quickly and more smoothly, just simply by having that conversation. But what that principal did that not everybody does is he stopped and he reflected and he took action. And that's the point where we really say that this is a movement. When you're really willing to do something about it, not just listen and, and take it in but listen and do something about it when we can. The, you know, taking action, like you said, uh, you know, validates that young man uh, and his input and his opinion and only strengthens that relationship. Uh, and he took a negative, right, and turned it into a positive. You know, another great chapter in here is the one on gratitude. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I that word, I, I met a gentleman uh, this year that, talk so much about gratitude and it's such a part of our life. We, we include it in our grace now about being grateful for the things in our life. Um, but you share some stories in here about when teachers are, you know, sure. asking opinions of the kids about what do you like that I do? What do you, what makes, you know, the positive things in my class and, and that exchange between teacher and student in terms of gratitude. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Yeah. Right Absolutely. I, I do think there's also a fear with this with um, with teachers asking because you don't know what's going to be said. But so many times um, students come back with answers that, you know, will make us well up and cry because they notice things about us like coming to work tired or, or we're, you know, working ourselves um, thin for them. And them saying, hey, you know what, you need to leave, leave a little bit early. You need to take um, care of yourself or you know what, I don't know that there is anything that you could do differently because you know what, every day when I come to your your class, I feel special, I learn, um, I don't wanna be anywhere else. You make us laugh, you make us feel like we belong, you make us feel like we're gonna be successful as adults. So there's not really anything that you can do different. So, so many times when we ask for feedback, we're gonna get, you know, uh, the raw and real zingers and steers, but, Many times we're going to get those affirmations and gratitudes and perceptions of kids that they're just grateful. They're very grateful for the hard work and that love um, that they really have experienced. And Rebecca, you know what? That's a great point. It was a great answer to the question. Sometimes you don't. You, you, there's a fear, right, that you're going to get something back negative. But the other, if the flip side of that is, 
you may be doing something that you don't even know is having a positive impact yeah. on someone's life. And here, then they tell you and you're like, oh, my God, I didn't even know that I was yeah. doing that. And that's a great surprise. But you took the time to ask. So, again, right. you motivated me. One of the things I'm going to do at my end of the year, we have our end of the year faculty meeting coming up in June. Right. And I know my staff is tired. I know my staff is kind of they don't want anything else. Right. Don't don't dump anything else on me. And I've learned that and I, right. I, I try to respect that. But I am going to challenge them. Why don't you do a survey? Why don't you get that feedback and ask those magic questions like you, you suggested right. here? I think it'll help. Yeah. And we like to spin the positive, too. Um, so, for example, um, oh, I just I just crossed my, uh, lost my mind for just one second. Um, brag tags. So a lot of times teachers give out brag tags to kids when they're, you know, showing responsibility or kindness, um, you know, doing things on their own. And they like achieving that and receiving that. But we kind of do the flip spin to that and we give mm -hmm. the kids the brag tags. And when they we they feel like the teachers are in that brag, they give the brag to the teacher. So also it, it's the other way around of kids looking out for great things that their teachers are doing as well. I love it. And again, if you're an educator watching, I challenge you to find something between now and the end of the year to get that student voice in in your summer planning do some things where you're going to include kids because uh, it, it was great. So, and I recommend uh, uh, Rebecca and Rick's book here. Rebecca, let's talk a little bit about you personally, um, sure. you know, in prepping for the show and, and researching Rebecca Coda, you know, on your personal website, there's the word intensity uh -huh. and, and that come out and meeting and talking with you. You're a lovely woman here. I, I don't see that intense side yet, but I, I could see it inside. Where did that, where's the intensity come from in your life? No, I think intensity to a degree comes from adversity. Um, but my father was uh, very intense, uh, war veteran. Um, you know, we had to work really hard. I, I, I've had multiple obstacles throughout life where I had to work harder than the normal person. Um, and anything that I decided to do, it could have been simple as band. I had to be first chair. Like anything that I did, I had to... Um, do it to its fullest potential. I had not to be the best to be the best, but to be the best version of myself that I could be. And I think also because of just feeling like um, I had a higher purpose that, you know, there were, there were reasons why I experienced adversity in multiple facets of life. There were reasons I had obstacles to overcome and, and everyone that I overcame um, almost, I guess, grew that intensity. Um, and, and I know we'll get to talking about uh, being a foster parent too, but I mean, it, it takes a, a, an, an extraordinary amount of intensity, um, you know, to get through some of those days. Um, yeah. Everything is not always easy, um, but I think just that burning desire to always do my very best by everyone um, to the best of my ability, really. And when you were a kid, Rebecca, you know, did you ever, did you ever feel like it was too much or, uh, that that it, it just was too overwhelming for you because now you're reaping the benefits of it, becoming a hard right. worker yourself, becoming an intense worker and passionate worker. Did it ever feel like it was too much for you? Um, I think probably at times. However, somehow along the way, I just was resilient anyway. Um, yeah. And then I think it comes with adulthood. There, there just comes that time of maturity and maturation where you just reflect and 
you know, you accept those things um, or you resent them and, you know, you're a negative adult. And I, I, I know reflectively exactly why each, you know, uh, chapter in life happened and, you know, what I had to overcome and why and how it's made me better, better now, even just with gratitude, just being grateful for more things that I have now. Sure. Sure. And you hinted on that question so we can roll into that. And again, if you are watching live on Facebook, glad you're tuning in. Leave us a question or a comment uh, uh, that we can share and talk about on the show today. But, you know, in, in reading Rebecca's bio and getting to, to know her a little bit, she shared about uh, not only is she, uh, you know, adoptive parents, um, but, but kids that have come from trauma and, and rough backgrounds. Uh, and we just talked a little bit about intensity. You know, Rebecca, I appreciate you sharing about your personal life and very impressed by that. What what pushed you down that road to say, not only am I going to help a kid, but I'm no. going to help a kid that, you know, ha- has had some trauma and adversity in their life? Um, quite honest, I probably at the time didn't know just how deep I was jumping in. What I do know is my husband came from a law enforcement background. And so there were many times, you know, he saw kids being removed from homes and, and what that does to families and what kids need. Um, I was that teacher that, you know, I signed up and the kids that were in a group home, I would take them for the weekend, you know, just give them, you know, whatever it was they need. If it was a new pair of shoes, if it was just going to a movie for the first time in their life, I just, my heart as an educator always went for the kid that didn't have a chance, that didn't have that opportunity. So it was kind of always there. Now, as um, an adult, did I always think I would have my own biological children? Probably. But even as a teenager, I would always tell my mom, like, why do people keep having kids when there's so many kids that don't have families? Why don't we just take them in first? And then if we want to have kids, have them. And I know that's not how life works, but that was kind of my perspective ever since um, I was a teenager. So I guess it just ended up kind of being a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, But as we really moved forward um, in our marriage, I think it was just something that was on our hearts. And, you know, you move forward and you take the classes and you learn more and you're like, there's a need. So, you know, let's do this. Um, And, you know, you you think you're prepared. Even as an educator, I would think I was prepared. You take all the classes. But then when you do real life, um, you know, it's a different ballgame. It's a different level of intensity. Um, and I learned a lot about myself and I've learned a lot about kids of trauma through that process. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Yeah. I, I took the uh, ACEs survey. I'm not sure if they use that yes. term in Arkansas, but yeah, uh, adverse childhood experiences. And it is yes. terrifying, really, to, to it is. think about what the kids are going through. And then we're yelling at them that they were late for school. They didn't do their homework. Right. Meanwhile, they got all this stuff going on. Um, you know, you mentioned that, that, that it's a lot. Um, did you like, cause you've done it multiple times, right? So right. after you're like, was there a tryout? Is there like, Hey, we get to go meet this kid. Is there, or is it like, Hey, you're getting this, you know, who was your, like, what are the names of your children? Like, are you, did you, sure. did you get to see if it was a good match? It's a, it's an interesting process. And one thing we did not want to do is we did not want to foster where there was a potential that we had to give them back. Mm-hmm. And so we said we wanted kids that were already, the rights were severed and kids were adoptable. Um, but when that happens sometimes, um, it, that happens because whoever they're with didn't want to adopt. 
And a lot of times they're kids with more challenges. And we knew on our first one, we wanted a sibling set because we didn't want the kids to feel like they had nobody or that they would never have somebody to relate to. And so, I mean, it's kind of like a, a vetting process. They have all, they have families and then they have kids in need and they just, they look at your strengths and they look at kids needs. And so the current foster families and CPS, they basically look to see, is this a good match? You know, um, what do we think? And they kind of deliberate and they come up with their number one, two and three. And so in both cases, we were just the number one choice. And so they let you come in and read the file, see the pictures. Wow. And then the state requires you to foster for six months before you're eligible to adopt, um, okay. probably just to give that out if uh, parents wanted to. Um, but we didn't give up. We we stuck it out, even though, I mean, it, it was hard. It was difficult. And we've had our ups and downs. Um, but ultimately, no matter how many aces, I just believe that we're going to beat the odds. Because um, there are some serious odds out there, but yeah. um, I don't know. We're just we're determined for them to be successful no matter what. It's amazing, uh, Rebecca, to hear that, and, and and kudos to you and your husband for doing that. You know, we help kids every day in our schools, sure. but you you've taken it to the next level, and I commend you. I appreciate uh, something, that. something else you're taking to the next level is is your work in helping other educators and. You and Dr. Jett are, you know, starting another journey together. You've written sure. two books together, um, but you've also started pushing boundaries. Uh, you know, a group that is educating uh, leaders, is educating other teachers. And, you know, tell me about your journey with uh, pushing boundaries. And, you know, what are your hopes that are going to come from, from that journey? Oh, did I lose you? Did I lose you, Rebecca? Can you hear me? <laughs> I'm here. Can you? Oh, I don't know what happened. Did I lose you, Rebecca? Oh, no. I can hear you. Something happened with her sound. She's writing a message here. We're going old school with the, uh, the message. Did I hit a plug or something? Oh, she's texting me. <laughs> My screen is black. <laughs> Can you? Why don't you say something, Rebecca? Let's see what happens. Say something. We are texting on live. Oh, let's see. She's going to come back on. Something happened here. We're experiencing technical difficulties. I apologize if you were watching. Here, she's coming back. Are you back with us? out completely so hopefully everybody's up for giving new york to arkansas we had a little technical difficulties but you jumped right back in awesome thank you rebecca i was asking you about uh the journey that you're on with pushing boundaries and starting that with rick and tell me where do you hope to, to go with that journey and what you hope to accomplish Absolutely. with pushing boundaries you know, we were in the car. Uh, we, I was in the car. He was in his car. We were talking um, because we had written Dunk Tank. Uh, we had written Let Them Speak, had a couple other um, manuscripts uh, ahead, just been on this journey together. And we were talking and I was like, we just got to have something that has some continuity because it looks like we're all over the place. Um, you know, so what is it? What is it that we're doing? And we just were having that conversation 
and Rick said that we're pushing boundaries. I'm like, that's what we're doing. Like, that is what we're doing. Like, that is what makes us do what we do because our work that we do, um, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about presenting, but, you know, we have people that love us or hate us because we're, we're talking about topics that people love or hate um, based on just where they are in their own journey um, because we just, I feel like we don't have time for the status quo. We don't. Our kids deserve the best. They deserve to be happy. They deserve to be successful. And just like the jeweling that you talked about at the beginning, um, the child of today is not even the child of two years ago. Um, mm -hmm. And because we're seeing the same epidemic, the things that we are seeing in fifth and sixth grade are so very different than they've ever been. Um, that, and that's one thing that we keep hearing um, from our principals. And so we just wanted that continuity. Uh, and we had just kind of tweeted some things out about pushing boundaries in general, just some quotes. And what we found is just this outpouring of um, people responding like, I want to be a part of that. I want to push boundaries too. Um, just the concept of not allowing the status quo. It, like we can't just sit idle anymore. Everybody's got to jump on board and do something to make things better for education. You can't wait for the next thing to come around. Like we, we've just got a band together and we just have such incredible people um, that have really wanted to join that effort that really it is just about us being a PLN more than anything. It's yeah. this idea that we're better together. And when we have a collective voice, we have a bigger voice. And that's really what it's kind of kind of been for us. And they can find you at pushingboundaries.com. Is that the, uh, the on your I think website? it's pushboundconsulting.com. Got it. Got it. But when you Google it, you'll sure. see your, your pretty face along with your, my potato chip there. Yep. Uh, Rick, you know, uh, Rebecca, you and I had to move some things around to make this happen. And I got to run back to school here uh, for, uh, for some things in the evening. But I certainly want to get sure. to the rapid fire um, uh, questions just to get those to you. So. Um, let's go with the rapid fire here. What was the last book you read? Well, I'm excited to say it's One Drop of Kindness. Uh, Jeff Kubiak just released, and it's amazing. One Drop of Kindness. Cool. Last movie you saw? Um, it was on uh, my last flight coming back from Maine, and it's titled The Same Kind of Different as Me. Oh, I know. It, it is a game changer video everybody should see. Really? Same kind of different? Yes. As me? Yep. It'll Who give you that, that new perspective on adults, kids, life. Who's in that film? Um, Greg Kinnear and uh, Renee Zellweger are the main characters in there. It's really I've good. Forgiven, I've forgiven Renee for her split with Kenny. I've, I've forgiven <laughs> her. I'll, I will give it a shot. Kenny's my guy, you know. Uh, your favorite place to travel. You were just in Maine. I know you took some beautiful pictures up there. Where's your sure. favorite place to travel? Uh, probably California or Florida, either coast. Okay. She likes that nice, you like that nice warm weather, don't you? I do like the warm weather. <laughs> you went to Maine in the spring. Smart move. That's right. Um, what's, a, what's a challenge that you have now uh, in your work, uh, Rebecca? Um, the biggest one is just uh, balancing all the roles and responsibilities. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different um, content areas, um, levels of need processes, protocols. So just balancing all that um, and making sure everybody gets what they need. Yeah. Not only at work, but in your home life. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what's something that motivates you? 
I think what makes me happiest is when I see other people feel success. Like when you see them, like my principals, for example, they're unbelievable. Um, they have worked so hard this year. And, you know, just walking in the schools at the end of the year, everybody's just proud. You can look, you can see, you can feel the data shows like everything they did just paid off. And I guess there's nothing more rewarding for me than to see other people, you know, really thrive and be successful. That's great to hear you talk about your school in that manner and the leaders that you work with and the kids that you work with. So that's that's fantastic. Um, how about a pet peeve, Rebecca? What's something that kind of gets under your skin a little bit? Going with your mouth open. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> you must say that at the dinner table. A couple times. <laughs> uh, that's true. Best purchase under $100 that has had a great impact on your life. Okay. So as seen on TV, they can give me credit for this. It's called a stop drop. But you know how when you sit in your car and you always drop stuff between the seat and the middle console? Yeah. They're only 20 bucks, and you, it goes like right over where you click in your seatbelt, but it closes the gap. Uh -huh. And I never lose anything anymore. I've dropped many of things down there. Stop I'm telling dropping. you, it is the best gift to give. Is the best gift to receive. We got them in all three of our cars. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give a shout out to one of my buddies. Uh, they're working on a product called Stable. Oh, it's a, it's a table that helps you stay right. So if you have something, you have a little sandwich. It kind of fits in the seat, and it's a little table. They call it Stable. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. with, you're gonna see it on uh, as seen on TV coming soon. Stable, <laughs> look for that. Um, Rebecca, outside your family and your work as an educator, what is something that you're passionate about? I'm passionate about a lot of things like faith, but like I love to do photography. I'm not super good at it, but I really like it. I really enjoy it. Very cool. And I know you talk a lot about your faith and your on your website and uh, goes hand in hand with your work, right. even though you can't mix religion in schools. Right. You know, you're doing good work for kids and people. And that's great. How about a short-term uh, uh, goal for you, three to five months? Um, that's probably more on the personal end, and I think it's kind of just that reflection time for us in the year, and it goes back to balancing, but just really building our routines for myself, um, just with health and wellness, and you know, just making building in some routines that you know I just need to reset for myself. Very cool. I'm gonna put my uh, thing out on Twitter here, my annual. Uh, thing from my my guy dr rob gilbert but the seven c's rebecca so look for that this weekend memorial day to labor day the seven c's it's going to be coming out on twitter and uh it is a great thing for your own personal wellness you know so i, don't, I won't release that until monday okay all right i'll be waiting cool long-term personal goal three to five years um i have another manuscript that i'm working on it's more faith-based yeah. um sure. And I have quite a bit of it done, but it's one of those that it's kind of unfolding as it goes to. So I, I would hope that I would be done with that within three to five. Very cool. Good luck with that. Yeah. You, want, you, have, you have a title yet? Um, it's called Life Trapped. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca, we mentioned about pushing boundaries in the website. Like, How can people get in touch with you if they're interested in, in pushing boundaries or you guys coming to speak or the books? How sure. can they get in touch with you? Um, well, I'm on Twitter at Rebecca Coda or Facebook at Rebecca Coda. So you can message me, 
RebeccaCoda.com. Um, and my email is RebeccaCoda, the number one at gmail.com. Okay. Cool, Rebecca. And, uh, you know, I picked out a quote um, that I found in the book and I love, but do you have a personal quote? You have some, you know, something that resonates with you that is a saying of yours that you'd like to share? I just think of it, it was from a Steve Martin movie and you're going to think it, uh, I'm trying to remember. It was like Rubric the Monkey Boy. Steve Martin was in it. I can't remember the name of it, but he said it in jest and he was talking about his Graham Graham, but he said, it is better to be good than to not. And I know that's simple, but I mean, it, it really is about just making good choices and, uh, you know, just being good and having integrity in life. It's, it, the path is much better. You've probably said that to a thousand kids is my guess. <laughs> Cool. Well, I'm going to read the quote from your book here. Uh, it was by Robert John Meehan. Be diligent in believing that what we do in the classroom can echo for a lifetime in the heart of a student. Right. You never know about that. That impact. Joe Sanfilippo, the superintendent from Wisconsin, he's a, an education leader, you know, talked about every interaction is so important. And certainly that quote uh, says that. So I appreciate you putting that in the book. And I appreciate you coming on the show, Rebecca. Absolutely. I just, I appreciate that people truly are embracing student voice and that it is a movement because I do think that, you know, we, we can make a difference one by one, life by life, yeah. district by district. So thank you. And here it is here. Here's their book again. Rebecca also mentioned Dunk Tank. We haven't had a, a chance to get to that, uh, but I recommend this. Put it on your summer reading list. Put it in the work you're doing for next year as you start to prepare for school. And again, think about that end of the year survey if you are an educator. Uh, and certainly leave us a comment. We're going to wrap the show up now. I got to run back to school myself. Uh, but Rebecca, thank you so much for uh, tuning in here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. We're going to get the music coming up again. Rebecca Cota, everyone. Rebecca, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And uh, leave us a comment. Follow Rebecca on Twitter and uh, uh, certainly check out her and Rick's book here one more time. Let them speak.